0: Hello, and welcome to Tech Connects, DICE's podcast where we dig into the topics on tech hiring, recruiting, and careers that matter to you. I'm your host, Nick Kolakowski, and I'm going to talk to great guests every month about the current state of the tech careers world, including the tech job market, the hottest tech skills, what companies are doing to attract and retain technologists in a historically tight market, and much more. Our guest today is Anand Subaraj, who's CEO of Zuper. Anand and his team build software that helps companies manage their field services. If you've ever had the plumber, electrician, or cable guy over to fix something, you might not have any idea about the amount of complicated tech that goes into ensuring that they get to your door on time. With clients like Ikea, Zuper is also exploring how to use automation and pattern detection to make these kinds of everyday services even better. So let's jump in. Cool. So I wanted to start off by sort of breaking down what Zuper does and then kind of giving the audience a broader view of. You, developing software and services and apps and so on for field technicians because field technicians, especially for certain companies, are such a massive part of what they do. I mean, field technicians are literally everywhere. Um but a lot of people don't necessarily know kind of how it works on a very tactical level and like kind of the the, the complexity involved. So I, I wanted to dig into that a little bit and sort of your approach to it and evolving this 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 huge field.
1: Absolutely. I'm happy to talk and share all my experience. Yes.
0: Cool. Um, so yeah, Zuper, when did, when, did, when did the company, when, when, did, when was it founded? I mean, how long have you been, how long have you been operating for?
1: We're operating for the last four years. It was founded in 2016. That was when the brand and company was registered. But in essence, we started operational in 2018. So we mm-hmm. kind of consider 2018 as the moment where, you know things started operational and we came into business.
0: From From a software perspective, I mean, you, uh, the super, you offer the kind of the full suite of things for field technicians. And the thing that I was wondering as I was going through everything that you offer in all these separate industries, whether it's industrial repair, pool maintenance, like pretty much everything, is field technicians from a, technolo- from a technology perspective something that evolves quickly? Is it one of those fields where things are constantly updated, constantly evolving, or is it sort of relatively static and a lot of the software is just sort of iterating? as opposed to like kind of massive leaps and bounds you might have in other industries?
1: Yeah, so I wanted to, you know, kind of address this in different ways. So things have changed drastically in the last 10 years. Prior to that, field service was considered an industry that did not up-level and upskill. But in the last 10 years, especially with Uberization of various services, and when I say Uberization, I'm not talking about Uber as a company, but that seamless experience that they introduced and brought in. So what we have learned is that the consumer expectations have changed drastically in the last decade or so. Now, customer expectations or consumer expectation is at an all-time high, with everyone conditioned by the likes of Amazon, Uber, and other, um, you know, all these brands that have evolved that customer experience and the customer journey. Now, every consumer is expecting that kind of experience, whether they are dealing with a ride-hailing service or getting their refrigerator serviced and repaired. And that's where the entire perception of service organization has changed drastically. And it required organizations to deal with technology and adopt digitization to help offer that seamless end-to-end experience to their customers by improving the productivity and efficiency of their workforce. So yeah, it is an evolving environment. It is a dynamic environment. and everyone from the perspective of technicians to the service organization holistically is required to upskill and uh, innovate and find new ways to uh, meet the demands of the modern customers.
0: I also imagine for a lot of these service companies as well that as soon as you Uberize something, as soon as you try to create this seamless experience, you're probably also getting a ton of data insights, So therefore you need data scientists, data analysts. I imagine it becomes essentially these service organizations almost risk becoming big data in a certain way. Is that true? I mean, is it? Is it?
1: Absolutely. And I have spent a lot of time in data and analytics in my prior experience at Microsoft. And what I, we are identifying is that service organizations are going through a ramp up journey. They want to first master break fixes and dealing with repairs, where when their equipments have issues, their customers would call them. They would dispatch a technician or a field engineer to address that particular issue. But that is the first step in the journey. Now, once they have identified and mastered how to handle break fixes, it goes into the realm of predictive and proactive maintenance, where they are collecting all these data, synthesizing and harmonizing the data, gaining actionable insights, and leveraging the insights to perform these predictive actions. But what they really want to go into is what is called outcome-based service, where after they have mastered the predictive side of service, they want to offer their product as a service. Just think of a scenario if you have a refrigerator in your house and you get a you know, get some kind of a compliance and commitment from the organization that is going to have all nine SLAs. That in a year it will not break down more than you know two hours in that particular year. And this is what organizations are trying to get to. And this requires organization to build sophisticated systems so that they are able to leverage the data, gain that data for actionable insights, and use that actionable insights to drive those predictive behaviors and outcomes. And that's hmm. where Super fits in very well to the organization's tech stack because AI and machine learning is embedded right into our platform and architecture.
0: I imagine with this evolution that it also potentially changes the skills and so on that technicians need to know. Like the technicians themselves are also going on an evolution, but, but what is that evolution? I mean, how is it over the last decade, as you said? Where are technicians now? What kind of skills do they need to know versus what they might have needed to know before all this? process got underway.
1: Yeah, and you know, a few years back when I was thinking about field service, I came across this term called invisible workforce. And a lot of time, field technicians and field workforce are referred by this term called invisible workforce. And it's both interesting and intriguing for the fact that in a lot of cases, field technicians and field engineers are not operating in a back office environment, obviously so. But they are not also connected with business applications like CRM, ERP, accounting, and so forth.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, the first and foremost thing for organization is to ensure that they are empowering field engineers and field technicians with the right technology environment. And this means a modern mobile-first, cloud-first environment that enables field service technicians to perform their job efficiently and effectively. That's number one so from a field service engineers or technicians it is no longer acceptable that they are not leveraging digital tools for performing their jobs you know in the past they could use archaic processes like a piece of paper to run their business or run their field operations but now it's no longer uh, just a requirement but it is a mandate hmm. secondly The technology and tools that are used by field technicians, it needs to connect with the back office applications, like I mentioned, the CRM tools that they use, the ERP tools, so that field technicians have the right information they need to make those right decisions. And only when they have this right information about the customer, about the equipment they are servicing, they can provide that seamless end-to-end customer experience that modern customers are expecting. Hmm. And third, there is a, Continuous need to upskill the skill set of the field technicians on the field, and you know it's no longer possible to to run trainings for the field technicians in a back office environment. In past, you know, the the previous decade, field technicians would gather into a into some kind of a location quarterly to upskill themselves. But now, while they are on the field, they need to have that learning and continuous development. And the technology that they're adopting need to offer um, that information to ensure that they're leveraging community-driven knowledge to constantly upskill themselves.
0: It sounds like a lot of these companies, I mean, in order to fulfill the CRM and the ERP and all all the backend database and everything else, that they need to do a lot of work. I mean, I'm envisioning a, a technician who's working on something, doesn't have the answer to an edge case. And then, instead of turning to YouTube or something like that, they obviously need to turn to, the, to their own company databases and so on. But then the company would also need to provide that knowledge. So it just sounds, you know, in terms of taking that piece of paper from back in the day and digitizing it or figuring out the instructions, it just sounds like a lot of work for companies as well to kind of evolve it. Um,
1: and that's where technology like Zuper comes into being, right? Like organizations right. are adopting uh, technologies like Zuper that have all these smart automations and intelligent automations built in to offer those recommendations to technicians when they have to do certain actions. And this is the most critical aspect of organizations to deal with the complexities of the field environment to ensure that not just the back office users, but the field users have the right information at the right time. Think of a scenario where field technicians or field engineers are the ambassadors of these service organizations. They're dealing with customers on a day-to-day basis. They need to know when they are required to upsell other products and services. And they can do that only when they have that right information. They know the history of all the jobs. They are given contextual recommendations to understand what kind of products and services this customer could need, and it could serve them better. That's one thing, and we discussed quite a lot about learning and upskilling. And this learning and upskilling also needs to be context sensitive, that if a technician's performance on the job is low, they need to be given that training and knowledge so that they are upskilling themselves, and they're not put into a job where they're not performing that very well. So the system is constantly processing the data and automating some of these recommendations To ensure the right information is back to the
0: right person i was going to ask i mean you before you mentioned the impact of machine learning and automation and so on and how that obviously influences the relationship the the technician working on the case and then also how it you know connects to the company back wherever they've been dispatched from how is that evolving? I just, I just wanted to, for, I mean, there's a lot of, every company wants to get into machine learning. They want to get into AI they, and not every company necessarily has a setup where AI and ML is particularly useful to them. But from what you've been saying, it sounds like there's a huge case here for AI and ML to be applied in a way that's, that's super beneficial for the companies, for the technicians and, and also for the clients. I mean, how, just how does it, how does it work?
1: Yeah, so from my perspective, what I think is that this is an evolution, this is a journey. It first starts with digitization. That is table stakes right now. Mm -hmm. Organization needs to adopt the right tools so that they move from archaic processes into a digital system so that they are able to leverage that data and insights. So once digitization happens, the next step in that journey is automation. And automation occurs. Different ways. It can be rules based automations, it can be AI based automations. But the idea here is the system to identify the mundane repeated tasks and automate them to improve efficiencies in the process. And then once that happens, that's when advanced AI and machine learning can come in, as I mentioned, to offer these outcome based services. And I think the future is going to be fully autonomous field service management. Hmm. which is going to be driven by these intelligent automations and continuous machine-driven workflows and decision-making. and This is a realm where machine is making and performing these heavy lifting predictive analytics and human are doing high-end activities, high-valued activities to drive more resiliency, efficiency and streamlining the processes.
0: This- is there a future where there's actually less need for technicians because AI and ML have solved certain issues with whatever the product is, or is it something where it's incredibly varied by industry? Like some industries that require service technicians are going to be hugely impacted like this, like certain types of industrial concerns, whereas other kinds of industries aren't going to be impacted quite so much. I mean, is the future, is the future going to be distributed evenly or is it just is it going to be more sort of present than, than in other places?
1: Yeah in my opinion, I think you know businesses will continue to deploy a lot of technicians on the field. Um, AI is not going to replace technicians. Hmm. It's very similar model to what we have seen from a customer support perspective. You know, in the past, when you call, you just spoke to a customer support agent. Yeah. But now when you speak, there is interactive voice response, there is intelligence before you get to a customer support technician or a customer support agent. Now, in the field service, the same model can be applied where a lot of heavy lifting will happen from the machine itself based on the data, based on that predictive analytics. But skilled technicians will continue to be required to perform these high valued activities. And they would continue to be offering those high valued activities. And they would be required with their skills to interact with customers and offering those upsell, cross sell, and selling other products by being the ambassador of the businesses. So in essence, machine is not going to replace human. AI and machine learning in field service will not replace the high-skilled field engineers and field technicians. But in cases where it's mundane, repeated work and predictive analytics, that will be replaced with machine.
0: It definitely sounds like, I mean, technicians are going to be replaced, but the the skill set is going to change. It's going to, As you said, it's going to change from repetitive tasks to you're solving like those the edge cases that we were talking about before, like kind of the more advanced things, which means, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it seems like a lot of different industries and so on are going, going to have to undergo a lot of new training and so on in years ahead, which is going to be interesting to see how companies handle yes. it, how individuals handle it.
1: And, and I also feel that this is industry focused. There are certain industry on field service, like say the residential services, landscaping, cleaning, HVAC, garage door repair, this will continue to work same way and in fact there is shortage of skilled workforce in these kinds of industries hmm. but when i think about high ended sophisticated machinery it could be an mri machine think of a situation in the healthcare you know there is a medical device which is an mri machine it's extremely hard to find super high skilled field engineers to uh, be able to address those issues in a quick turnaround because it requires you know, these organization to have low downtime so that whenever that issue happens, it is disruptive to their business. Now, you cannot always have a technician coming into the location to fix those. You need to adopt AI and machine learning. So a lot of these are industry focused where some industries, they continue to see a huge, um, you know, gap in skilled workforce, and they need a lot more skilled workforce than they currently have. And in some other high end sophisticated industry, it will need to adopt AI and machine learning to ensure that they are getting into product as a service and outcome-based model to serve their customers better.
0: It, it's interesting. So, for years, I mean, I've been going to to Dreamforce, CES, like all these tech conferences, where you see you know the CEO of G or whoever get up there, and, and when they speak to the audience, they talk about IoT. IoT has obviously been one of those buzzwords for I uh, fifteen years at this point, or whatever. And they always talk about, you know, sensors are being embedded in aircraft engines, they're being embedded in toys and coffee makers and in literally everything you can think of. And in some cases, that's certainly true. I mean, the the refrigerator that we were talking about before is now Wi-Fi enabled and tells you exactly what's in it. But other, it seems that other, you know, other household products or other machinery, so on, has not quite moved from that analog to that sort of digital first state, for want of a better term. Are you seeing, because because your company has this, this broad view of all these industries that require service personnel and, and technicians and so on, is IoT something that's sort of coming to life or is it still something that companies and industries are aspiring to? I mean, are more and more things kind of being studded with sensors that are connecting back and are feeding data? Or is it something that is, isn't just quite there yet, no matter how much hype there is? I it just it, It's something that bothers me because you hear IoT all the time, but...
1: Yeah, and see, I've been doing or working on uh, data analytics and IoT space for close to a decade right now. And a decade back, we thought that this is going to be the next big thing, will be adopted widely, and will completely disrupt the way businesses deal with data insights and predictive analytics and uh, decision making. But I think the challenge lies in that evolution and journey. If you talk to any decision makers, especially on the service side of the uh, business, VP of service or the CEOs of organizations still want to be in this mind space that IoT is going to disrupt and change the way they operate business. But the problem lies in that evolution journey. Aren't they able to gather that right information? Aren't they able to evolve those machinery and equipments quickly with sensors, with the right capabilities to be able to emit all those data. Now, this is a huge journey. This is not going to be something that will be adopted widely in the next decade or so. It can take more than that. But the most important thing for organizations to understand is that the first step in the process is digitization, like I was telling you earlier. Unless they do that, unless they adopt that right technology, unless they go from archaic processes to digital processes, then gather that information, use that information for driving predictive outcomes, this is going to be that journey. So even though there is a lot of hype still around IoT and IoT or powered smart devices, it will take organization to get there in probably next couple of decades where they are able to leverage all that information in the right way for their decision making. But again, it is going to be industry specific. You know, like we were discussing, there are sophisticated devices that are already smart, that are already collecting those information like aircraft, for example. You know, you need to get those uh, information from aircraft. But when we are thinking about household appliances, It'll still take quite a while for businesses to make them smart and uh, able to leverage that data to drive actions.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's just fascinating I me. Mean, do you think a lot of businesses are what you said about the, the the first step, the realization of the digitization aspect of it? Do you think a lot of companies are awake to it, or do you think that's another thing where it's going to take some time for companies to fully realize like this is where that they need to do this, that this is the future.
1: And I think they are coming to a point where they're re- realizing this. And this is table stakes now. Now, for organizations to stay relevant and stay competitive, they have to get into the digital bandwagon. They yeah. have to adopt digital tools. And, uh, you know, unless they do that, they will be left behind. They'll not be able to compete in this, uh, uh, in this environment where customers are expecting modern experiences and biz- businesses continue to deal with the complexities and trouble of their arcade processes.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it also seems that if your competitor is using AI or ML, you know, and, and using services that help facilitate all of this, that, that you're going to want to do the same because then, yeah, obviously it's survival the fittest and you lose and you can't, you yeah. can't survive that way. Huh. That's fascinating. The, um, in terms of industrial processes and so on, I mean, it, it just strikes me as sort of there's no, I mean, a lot of these processes are so fundamental that it, that it's almost kind of economic uncertainty proof or recession proof in a certain way in terms of like technicians, like things are always going to need to be repaired sort of no matter what happens as a business. It just seems that, um, you know, kind of versus right now there's some turbulence in crypto and whatnot and sort of these other edge techs, but it seems like Technician-oriented things is always something that's always going to be there. Things are always going to need to be fixed, which, given the uncertainty, is probably Absolutely. good. We have seen
1: tremendous tailwinds in this uh, industry in the last few years, first with digitization, then with uh, the pandemic. The pandemic drove a lot of uh, uh, you know organizations to adopt digitization. And now with the macroeconomic situation... There are headwinds in certain industries, but tailwinds in the service organizations because you know they're dealing with uh, things like high inflation, so they need to drive efficiencies and productivity, high cost of parts, so they need to have the right information for forecasting when the parts need to be purchased, and they also need to deal with high gas prices, and hence smart routing uh, is very important where organizations want to ensure that they are uh, having enough automations in place to optimize the travel time of technicians, so the technicians are spending more time at the job site and less time on road. So there are lots of ways in which the macroeconomic situation and uh, the last few years, the, the situation that the world was in, it created a tremendous tailwind for the service
0: organization and the service industry. And that's it, folks. I personally had no idea about the amount of tech that went into some kinds of field operations, but when you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Whether you have a dozen or a couple thousand people in the field, their tasks and movements can quickly become exponentially complex. Zooper is also just one example of how automation and real-time artificial intelligence are permeating pretty much every industry in a number of unexpected ways. No matter where you work or what you're working on, pay attention to how automation, machine learning, and pattern recognition could impact even the smallest parts of your daily workflow. I love talking to Anon because he's a sign of where things are going. With that, we'll see you next time. And remember, DICE is your best resource to find the tech talent you need to fill your open roles. And for technologists, the best place to grow your tech career.